0: Riverside Church podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. This morning I want to share with you from this passage five realizations. They're, they're pretty straightforward. You're going to see some words. I'm going to translate some words to help us understand Hebrews 12. And again, what I hope to do is connect that to where we've been in Ezra and then connect it to your life as you walk before God. But, but all five of these realizations add up to how we are running the race by faith. Can you say that with me? Running the race. By faith. Running the race. Running the race. By faith. Yes, that's so good. You're, you're already. You've got the hang of it. I'm moving and I'm not crackling. I love it. Okay, I'm going to try over here now. Hebrews chapter 12 begins with an interesting word. Now, my field in, in which I teach at the seminary is theology. But every once in a while, like this coming fall, uh, I get to teach a biblical studies class. I love teaching the Bible. And, uh, and one of my favorite rules for Bible interpretation is this. When you see the word therefore, you need to find out what it's therefore. Oh, y'all are just crushing it. I love it. Well, what do you think the word therefore is there for? Well, we have to look back and look at chapter 11. Just look with me at chapter 11. It starts, now faith is the reality of what's hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But, but the scripture says, for our ancestors won God's approval by their faith, or they were commended by God on the basis of their faith in him. And you may already know, but Hebrews chapter 11 is often called the hall of faith, where we have all these examples of the people who have come before us. All these Old Testament saints who walked in faith because, as we'll see in a moment, they didn't see the promise come to fruition, but they ran the race by faith as examples for us. Now, the way that I want to drive this home as we start in Hebrews chapter 12 is with a first realization. We hear forerunners Can you say that after me? We hear forerunners. Now you say it. Yeah, you got it, Lenny. That's it, right there. We hear forerunners. Now that's all through chapter 11, but that comes to a head in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, because we've got all those people, he says, we also have such a large cloud of witnesses. Now I don't know... I don't know when the last time you took in a nice uh, courtroom drama, do you know law and order? Where they call an expert witness. This idea of being a witness is one who testifies. And the point in this passage is to say that the author of Hebrews has covered all of these forerunners of the faith. And in doing so, these people speak to us. Now, bear with me. They're dead. It's all adults in here now, right? They're dead. We hear the forerunners speak, though, by their actions. That will be important as we go along. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, the author of Hebrews goes on to say, we're going to run the race. We're going to run the race by faith, and witnesses are around us. They're watching us. One way in which this passage is often preached is is to bring up to people, look, isn't it wonderful when you have people cheering you on? That's a real question. Isn't it wonderful when you have people cheering you on? Typically, typically. Sometimes that can put some pressure on you, right? It might put some pressure to perform in front of other people. But but oftentimes, when we have the support of those we love, we realize we can embrace the task at hand. I don't know if you've seen this video that, that's on the Internet. Occasionally, it goes around. of, uh, And there are different versions of this. Surely, you've even seen it in your own life. But have you seen these videos where Uh, The kids have their little program, the play. The, The choir is up on the risers. This little girl is just so bored and sad. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this video? And then she sees her parents. And she just lights up. She's ready to go. Her supporters are here Well, this is what it's like for us to recognize we have forerunners. We have witnesses around us testifying that as we're running the race, we can make it. We have support. But there's another way that I want you to consider these witnesses, if I can. They've run the race before us, right? They're done with their race, and we see that at the end of chapter 11. We're not going to read it. You can trust me. But, but they've run the race, they've completed their portion, it's up to us now. The way that I want to think about this is, instead of the witnesses just being up in heaven, instead of the witnesses being in the stand, I want you to consider if I was to run a race. Okay, I'm going to get real personal. I don't know if you can see me right now, but if I ran a race with my aerobic inability chances are that most of the racers would finish before me. But, but maybe you're not aware, in this community, these people who think it's fun to run, they like to support each other. They think that that makes it better to, to run for fun. I don't get it, but it's okay. But if I ran a race, almost everyone would finish before me. Think about our witnesses who have already run the race. And they're looking back from the finish line, not off in the stands around us, but rather at the finish line, beckoning us. The word witness means to testify. They are saying, and we hear our forerunners saying to us, Come, finish the race. Run the race by faith. It can be done. You can reach the end. So are you okay, even though these people, they're not here right now, we're not going to hear audible voices, are you okay saying, we hear forerunners? Is that cool with you? That's one realization. Let's look at these verses again. See a second realization. We start burdened. Say the word burden, but say it like that. Burdened. Yeah, yeah, there's something about that word that you can really feel it. It says, since we've got a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. You see, when we come to run the race by faith, we start that race burdened. We start weighed down. Now, the image that the author of Hebrews wants us to see... Is that of, of the beautiful game really the, the best game? Can I get to know you as you get to know me? Who in here loves baseball? Who's, who's just super excited that college baseball started this weekend and Tennessee won the first game? They didn't pull out extra innings last night. But the game, of there was a triple play. Wow. All right. The game of baseball is just is so beautiful and technical. It's boring to some people, but they're just wrong. But, but baseball is an amazing thing. And, and in baseball, you come to the on-deck circle. I don't know if you've seen this, whether you like baseball or not. I don't know if you've seen this, get this illustration. When you come to the on-deck circle, oftentimes they have this ring. It's a weighted ring. I call it a donut or something like that. And you put it on the bat. And when you're on the, in the on-deck circle watching the pitcher either warm up or pitch to the batter in front of you, you're getting your reps in. You're swinging. You're really working uh, those muscles that are required. But you're doing it with that extra weight on the bat, with that donut on the bat. Now, somebody help me. When it's your turn, when you're up, what do you do? When when you leave from the on-deck circle, you take that bat and you slam it on the ground, or maybe you're not that coordinated, you kind of, you know, wiggle off that donut, take that weight off, because the point is, it strengthened you, and now when you come to the plate, you're ready to strike like lightning. You're going to come through a lot faster, you're going to be timed up for that pitcher, because you've trained with that weight, when you take the weight off, you're going to be able to swing a lot more fluidly. In the same way, there, there are people who like to run for fun. I've seen maniacs who run with weight on them. Have you seen these people? They, they run with a vest or with ankle weights. This kind of craziness. I don't understand it, but I, I see this. That's so that they can train even harder. I've got plenty to train with, but, but they can train even harder that way. There's a difference, though. When we get that illustration, there's a difference, though, for where this passage is leading us. You see, when we start running the race by faith, we're weighted down and we need to take the weight off so that we can run better and lighter and more streamlined. That's a great illustration, but different from the way we use these weights in training, we start burdened in our race because we're sinners. Those weights come... From us. They come from within us. Hopefully, at least, we don't put those weights on ourselves to train us. Man, if I'm sinning now, when I stop sinning, I'm going to have so much faith. Don't be that way. It's a little different, but rather we start with those weights. And the scripture says, loose those burdens, lay them down. I'm reminded of Jesus' own words, that we should bring our burdens to Him and offload them when we're weary and heavy laden. I'm reminded of Peter, who says that we should cast our anxieties on the Lord because He cares for us. So, like the illustration goes, we want to strip away those weights that are holding us back on our race, but we need to recognize we're the ones who bring those to the table. We start the race weighted down because of who we are as human individuals. Because of who we are as rebellious and and failing before God. This is one of the hardest things for our walk on a daily basis. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but there are things that are natural to us. James says that we all fall short, we all struggle in many different ways in chapter 3 of James. We've all got things that hold us back individually. And it can be hard to let go of those even when we know they're weighing us down. So we hear our forerunners and we know that we start burdened and we want to get rid of that, but there's another complicating factor So along with starting burden, we need endurance. Say the word endurance. Endurance. That word comes up several times in just these three short verses. The first is there at the end of verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. But then it says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. We know that God has called us to move forward. And part of that in faith is to lay aside the sin that holds us back. But even as we do that through His strength, when we run forward, we still require endurance. Can I just share something with you? I look out And as best as I can without glasses, I just see a ton of spry, young, youthful faces all throughout the sanctuary. I don't see anyone who is uh, normally aged or overly aged. Everybody looks so young. So let me share a life lesson with you. This world is hard. This world is broken. Now again, we start burdened. The world is like that because we bring it to it. We complicate things all the time. But although I know that your life has been perfect up to this point, let me just warn you that there will be obstacles in our way. There will be pitfalls, weak footing as we run. We've got our own burdens to begin with, but then when we look at the race course in front of us, there is even more. To overcome. I, I think about folks that I minister with over in Gentilly in New Orleans. Uh, I work with a recovery program. Uh, folks who have gone through addiction uh, and every other sort of issue. Uh, and, and as part of most of them, as part of their, their court mandated uh, resolution, They go through this recovery program, and I get them as they're at the end of that program, those who are called to be leaders in God's ministry. And I've seen, unfortunately, so many graduate the initial program, start in my program, which lasts another two years, and fail. They fall. Unfortunately, in this last fall semester, we lost the most students we've ever had. About a third of our current students had some sort of issue that that led them back into the program. You see, we bring our own sin, our own temptation, our own burdens, but then the world brings circumstances on us like friend groups who pull us back like anxiety that the world kind of casts through? Have you seen any good news on television or radio or any other way? What about the media that we ingest that will continually put stumbling blocks in front of us even when we don't lead ourselves there? Not even to mention your, your phones and your internet and your social media that continually puts things in front of your eyeballs which will pull us further away from God rather than prod us forward. To say it shortly, we need endurance in this race. We need perseverance. We need to be supported by the Holy Spirit if we are going to make it to the end. So let me give you One more sort of just wise life lesson that I've accrued in this long walk of mine. Let let me give you one more realization here that will actually be positive. We've had two negative in a row. We start burdened and we need endurance. Look with me at verse 2. Although we hear our forerunners, when we start the race, we start burdened. We need endurance. But we... See Jesus. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and the perfecter of our faith. You see, when we look at the forerunners in chapter 11, there's a unique case for all of them. If you will just briefly look back with me at that passage, starting in Hebrews 11, verse 4. You probably don't even have to turn your page, maybe just one page over. And this is where I'll share with you that this past weekend, I appreciate many of you praying this past weekend, I was outside Baton Rouge preaching a youth missions camp, where for five whole days we walked through Hebrews chapter 11. Looking at these examples, look at them with me as I listen. By faith, Abel offered righteous offerings. By faith, Enoch was shown to have approved devotion. By faith, Noah responded with godly fear. Down in verse 8, By faith, Abraham had a somewhat obedient response to God's call. In verse 11, by faith, Sarah saw surprising results when she conceived in a time when she shouldn't have. Down in verse 17, again, we go by faith, Abraham, but this time, he saw unexpected tests and even an unexplained test from Genesis chapter 22. And then in verse 20, by faith, Isaac And Jacob and even Joseph had unwitting utterances where they spoke and God used their words to bless and to predict the future, especially in verse 22, by faith Joseph led a salvation of all people in Egypt with uncelebrated trust. Of all the people in Hebrews chapter 11, they all had downfalls except maybe Abel and Enoch, but not much is said about them. Everybody who has a story in Scripture uh, that's that's longer in this passage, they did something terribly wrong as well as lived by faith. Joseph, uncelebrated trust. He's the epitome of faith, the greatest example in my mind. But the Spirit saw fit to tell us almost nothing about him. Then in verse twenty-three, by faith, after Moses was born, he he showed uh, tested leadership in his walk. And then down in verse thirty-one, by faith, Rahab the prostitute took up a humble ministry before God. Each one of these Old Testament saints served God, not perfectly, not perfectly, but they served God by faith. They are our forerunners. But I need you to see this very closely. All these in Hebrews chapter 11. Where do we have their stories from? You can say it. Where do we read their stories? The Old Testament. All of them ended their race without seeing the promise. Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39 says, All these were approved or commended by God through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Now in the same way that these in the Old Testament responded to God... They walked with Him. They offered their sacrifices. They led people and served people by faith. And they did not see the promises fulfilled. We do see Jesus. And this is a comfort to us. Because as we run the race by faith... We're burdened. We're weighted down. We bring our sin to the table, and it holds us back. When we run our race, there are obstacles in front of us. The world is working against us and and really straining us back. So we need endurance. And I'm going to be honest with you. We don't see the promise every time either. There are things in our lives, like Abraham, when he was tested His faith was tested to offer up his son Isaac, and it was never explained. God says, now I know that you believe, and I'm going to provide the substitute. But but we never, it's like the book of Job. We never really get like this was the big point. We're going to go through tests like that in life. Seriously, we don't even see tomorrow. Much less what the next year holds, or the next ten years. Or our next generation. But we do see Jesus. Notice the the short gospel summary that the author of Hebrews gives in verse 2. Jesus is the source and the perfecter. He might be called the author or the pioneer. And He's also the end or the completer, the full purpose of our faith. This is our faith. This is what we believe. For the joy that lay before Him, He endured the cross. Despising all human shame, He endured the cross. And there's an assumption here that although He endured the cross and He comes to the right hand of the Father, that He was raised from the grave. And we see that in the book of Hebrews alluded to repeatedly. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, but He rose from the grave to bring us everlasting life. And that work, to this point, is Finished. He now sits at the right hand of God where He intercedes for us. So as we run the race, burdened as we are, needing endurance for the things that face us in this world, we look to Jesus. He's the one who got us here. He's the one that's the reason why we're running the race. If it were not for His work on the cross and rising from the grave and ascending to heaven... Our faith would be useless. We see that word for word in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, we are most to be pitied. So as we run our race, don't be distracted by the burdens. Don't be worried about the endurance that you need. But rather, keep your eyes on Jesus who's completed the work for us. If I can share one last realization with you this morning, is that okay? All right, I hadn't let you talk in a minute, so we hear our forerunners, we start burdened, we need endurance, we see Jesus, and we share faith. We share faith. Now, I mentioned that we'd come back to Hebrews 1:1. Where the Scripture says faith is the reality of what's hoped for, or the substance of what's hoped for, it's the proof of what is not seen. Skeptics in our world today want us to feel like the Christian faith is a blind faith that believes despite the evidence. The image of Christians in much of our secular culture is that although there's so much in the world that disproves God or works against our old-fashioned backwards faith, that we just close our eyes and stop our ears and say, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I just believe. But that's not the picture of the Christian faith that I've seen in my Christian walk and in local churches all around the south and throughout this country and that I know our faith is practiced and and unified around the world. Rather, our faith is shared based on what God has already done. Just because faith is believing what you cannot see does not mean that it's believing against the evidence, or despite contrary evidence. The reason we believe is because we know what God has already done. The reason we believe is because we've seen these examples of Him changing lives. We know what Jesus has done. And so we believe, we know, and we act on where we've seen God working. Hebrews twelve three says, "...for consider Jesus, the One who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, so that you won't grow weary and lose heart." Like the Israelites who had returned from exile to Jerusalem and had been tasked with laying the foundation rather than building their own houses finishing the temple and furnishing it with their treasure rather than being comfortable in their own households. In the same way that God provided for them and called them to get to work in the face of opposition from surrounding people groups, even now He's calling us to get to work. We know what He's done. We know what sets before us. On this race. So it's time to take a step in faith. It's time for us to lay aside the burdens. To pray for endurance. To look to Jesus. And to work with one another in unity. To accomplish what God has put us here to do. The author of Hebrews was writing to Jewish Christians. Who were undergoing pressure for their faith. And there was temptation, we see from several warning passages here, there was temptation for these Jewish believers to go back to being Jews, to give up their faith in Christ and go back to their former way of temple sacrifice and walking in the synagogue. And the author says, when you look at Jesus who endured hostility, when you look at Jesus who was burdened for His work for us, when you look at Jesus, who endured all shame and all physical pain on the cross based on what He's done, can't you believe and act on that? Why would we grow weary? since we share the same faith that these Old Testament saints did in Hebrews 11, since we share the same faith in the work that Jesus has already completed, since we've seen what God did in the Old Testament and in the New, and where He is pointing us today, how could we grow weary or lose heart? As we close this morning, I want to sing a song, if that's okay. I want us to sing together this faith that we share. And as we lift up this praise, I want you to consider where you are in your race. Maybe you're in the middle of the race. Maybe you're at the end of your race. Maybe you don't even know or your race is just beginning. Perhaps today you need to focus on laying aside the weight of sin. Or maybe you're just going through it. And you need support to endure the battles of this world. But for all of us, can we just confess together that Jesus is the faith that we share and that we can be there for one another, that we don't grow weary or lose heart running the race by faith. Do you know this chorus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Sing that. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory, and grace. Jesus, to you we lift our eyes. We see what you've already done. We know that you are capable of supporting us as we follow you. We know, we believe, and now help us endure as we act on the way that you have worked in this world. Call us out individually. Show us where our application point is. Lord, I pray that you will cast out sin, that you will relieve the grief and forgive and bring reconciliation in our lives for the trouble that we've caused. God, I do pray that you will alleviate those obstacles, but bear up under us as we face them and require endurance in our walk today. But God, most of all, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Hearing from our forerunners, sharing our faith with those around us now as we run the race that you've called us to. Lord, we pray that you will help us as we have need. And we ask that you lead us, each one, in this church body, in the will of the Father and in the name of the Son. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray together. Amen.